0: Hello. Welcome to another What Is Now experience. I'm Charles Freely, and I'm here with my good friend Sakib Rizvi. If we had to be categorized, we are both investigators of consciousness, with training backgrounds and professional experience in the world of psychological and spiritual healing. Each of these sessions is an adventure of the present moment. Sakib and I begin each session by sitting in silence for one minute and then simply see what arises now. We have no plan, no prepared material or concepts to cover, but are placing our trust in the wisdom of this right-now experience. This is an expression of our shared philosophy of healing. If we can only let go of our desire for the present moment to be a certain way other than it is, then we can find the unexpected answers of what is actually now. So, if you will join us, we will begin with one minute of silence. And you can use this minute in whatever way you like, with your eyes closed, sitting, eyes open, standing, or walking, or driving in your car. We only ask that you return to what is actually happening right now in this moment, to reset the momentum of the day, and open up to just this. After this minute, Sakib and I will explore whatever arises between us. We identify themes of our exploration as we go. And then Sakib finishes with a short guided meditation based on the themes that arise in the session. And now let's enter one minute of silence together as we explore what is now really. And you'll hear a bell to start and end this one minute of your day. How was that experience? I was full of thought for a little while and then I think there's something kind of nice about just noticing thought and for it to be okay just like this constant stream of stuff that is happening and then I noticed um, ringing in my ears which every once in a while I'll notice this like fairly intense ringing which i guess is like tinnitus Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of that condition Mm -hmm. i suppose i have that or it's just something that i become aware of sometimes Mm -hmm. but i think that's also uh, an interesting thing to turn to with with openness and acceptance because i uh, i might initially feel resistant to it but then, if I open to it, I'll notice there's sometimes where it kind of sounds like beautiful. I, I can hear, even hear it right now. I, I can hear several different sort of tones that are happening all together, and it's it's almost a musical versus something that I could immediately identify as harsh or that I want to get rid of. Mm. Um, kind of noticing that and then noticing my thoughts about that like oh I might want to share about this with Saka when he asked me what my experience was like mm-hmm. so that's another thought to notice and then come back mm.
1: so you have this automatic inbuilt music system within you
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I can just tune in that's wonderful
0: <laughs>
1: and it's funny because uh, I was thinking about the same thing Exactly, uh, not not the ringing, but I was thinking about this sound that I was getting in, in, in the silence, you know, so uh, when we tune into silence, uh, right now where I'm living, it's not totally silent, I could hear some noises in the background, you know, however, uh, there's this silence and I can hear some sound in the silence, you know, it's like this Constant zzzz. That's that's mm-hmm. going. I don't know if even I have tinnitus or not, but mm-hmm. this sound, which is this, always there in silence, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what do I call it. Sounds of silence, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even like this, this is constant. So even if I go into nature and some place which is like totally silent, where there is that's you know uh, what we call it a uh, pin drop silence. There also, but there is some sound which is there in the background, you know, nobody speaking at that time, nobody uh, is talking, there is no sound from the external world as such, however, there is still a sound going on in the background, Hmm. so just wondering that what that sound is, is, is it like something internal, is it like part of the external world, part of nature?
0: I don't know what is that, is that energy? Yeah, Yeah, like now I I have headphones in my ears so I can hear somehow the, like almost like the pressure Mm. of my headphones in my ears. Mm. And yeah, I've had that experience too, where sometimes the ringing isn't there and there is just more and more subtle layers of sound. Mm that's always there. It, there's something that I've described for myself, at least as I've, I, I've called it cosmic ringing is what it feels like. And it's it's sort of, and it's, I don't even know if it is a sound per se, but it's this sort of like thing that I can tap into. And I've tried to experiment, is that my heartbeat? And it's not my heartbeat, uh, but it's something that's always sort of pulsing.
1: Yeah, something is always there. Yeah,
0: What do you make of it?
1: Uh, I, this actually reminds me of, uh, like I was reading a book by uh, Robert Lanza. It's called Biocentrism, And in, in this book, he was talking about this, uh, you know, idea of a tree falling uh, in the forest or, you know, a tree falling uh, in, in a mountain area, something like that. And he said that the question is that when the tree falls, you know, is, is there a sound that is actually generated? Like, is there a sound? Let's say there is no being there, no animal, no human being there to listen to that sound. And if the tree falls, so is the sound actually generated? Is the sound there? Or is it because we, you know, we have some internal system due to which we are able to listen to that sound? So like eventually he goes on to describe that uh, how when a tree falls that causes a disturbance in the air, you know, there is this energy vibration that happens. Uh There is no sound existing in the external world as such. It's only when, uh, you know, it it hits the disturbance, hits our eardrum. That is when our eardrum rings and that is when the sound is generated Uh within us. So there is no sound out there. But it is like all
0: internal. Mm. It requires a receiving system. Mm. Yes, it, it requires like kind of a dis- device which can, you know, tune into that frequency and listen
1: to it. Kind of a radio.
0: Thing. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of the the connectivity of everything. Mm. How you know, like in, it's, I think you're familiar with this world, like of quantum physics. Yes. And the notion of taking everything down to its most basic hmm. elements and yeah. then maybe from that point it just depends on what the receiving system is to turn something into something that hmm. appears separate but it's yeah. maybe it doesn't exist if not for something receiving those basic elements. Like here we're, we're talking about a wavelength and it's existing as a wavelength but then it has to uh, run into something that is a, a receiving system for that, that then turns it into these impulses and it becomes quote unquote sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, what you're talking about here,
1: uh, I think it's the Copenhagen interpretation, which uh, in which uh, it is like they came up with this study in which they were saying that for anything to exist, uh, con- like there has to be a consciousness that is experiencing that. Mm. So if there is no uh, consciousness then there is no experience and even the thing doesn't exist. So, uh, you know, they showed it with experiments that how an electron would uh, exist only when there is a consciousness, whereas when there is an observer observing the electron. But if there is no observer, then the electron would not exist. So is that something similar you're talking about
0: here? It feels that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what? This is a question clearly with no answer, but what what do you think so that's such an interesting word consciousness and and even i so on my website i have i'm an explorer of consciousness and i think i'd maybe described us both that way on this podcast bio Mm -hmm. and what does that word mean to you or what what is that notion because it's sort of to me it's just like catch-all kind of thing which is why i like it it doesn't narrow me um but i wonder what yeah you know, what is your reaction or thought about that word
1: my uh like my understanding has like i don't know if it has evolved or it has gone down but uh initially i used to think that okay consciousness might be something which is just you know awake and able to experience things so you know we we are able to experience so we are we are we have a consciousness we are sentient uh, if animals can experience so they are sentient. they have a consciousness. But like I have been studying about this and a lot of spiritual traditions talk about uh, everything being consciousness. You know, uh, this idea that a particular thing is conscious and a particular thing is not conscious or this idea that consciousness exists in some areas and some and does not exist in other areas. It's, uh, they say that it's a ployed idea because every because if if there is existence then it is a part of consciousness so it's like kind of that uh, the observer is not separate from something that is being observed so if we can observe this existence so it means everything in existence is conscious because it is being experienced hmm. even so they would say that even a rock you know it, it is conscious Uh, which we believe like, like in the mainstream world that, okay, a rock is not sentient. It doesn't have consciousness, but it has, you know, in in that sense, if we, if we go with this idea of everything being conscious, uh, then even a rock has consciousness,
0: Hmm.
1: anything. And uh, what I came to, like, I was contemplating on that and then I thought that, okay, maybe everything is this, vibrating energy it's just a field of energy uh, you know ether or whatever we, call it, we mm-hmm. call it it's just a field of energy and like this world which we experience is is a manifestation of that it's just a, like a certain frequency on which you know there is it's a particular frequency uh, so this there is this entire field of energy it has various frequencies and if we are experiencing this reality it's just that we are tuned into a particular frequency so the way you know uh, a t- uh, like a, a tv receiver would receive all channels you know all frequencies mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what we see on the tv is just like one particular
0: uh, frequency that we are looking at mm. so mm-hmm. so the notion there sort of being to go back to the does a tree make a sound in the woods idea and there potentially being something that is at the foundation of everything, mm. and then is it's only turned into seemingly separate stuff via like a receiving mechanism that turns it into it. The idea potentially being that that basic stuff, quote unquote, is consciousness. Mm. Yeah, and then it just depends on the receptivity of of the mechanism of experiencing consciousness, of how, how much of consciousness one could experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Like m-
0: maybe, so I might have access to like basic cable, where someone else might have access to all of the channels that are in existence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, going back to spirituality, the, the notion of attuning yourself or like, or the idea of yoga, like, mm. I, at least my understanding, sort mm. of yoking yourself to the universal or to quote unquote God,
1: yeah. which would also be
0: consciousness that you're then taking what was a very limited uh, signal and then shifting it into something where it's like, oh, wow, I, I experience all of this conscious stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And uh, it it brings me to, uh, you know, again, this concept of uh, experiencing multiple lives, multiple dimensions uh, in spirituality, uh, considering that, you know, as you said, that somebody having access to all these channels rather than just a single channel. So if we, uh, I'm just contemplating here that if we are in that God state, if we are in that state, which uh, you know, it has access to everything, Omni- omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Then we, from from that state, we come to, uh, into a particular channel. So first we have all the channels access, but, you know, mm-hmm. let's say I'm experiencing this life of Sacha Brisvi, then I'm tuned into one particular channel, but now I have the option to, uh, you know, tune into another channel and have another life. Or you know, experience another thing, another dimension. Hmm.
0: So, yeah, this hmm. is. A... I'm imagining. So I just had this this visual of there being somebody, and it's similar to we've probably talked about this idea of of noticing the movie screen of life and feeling yourself as someone in the audience, hmm. but here maybe noticing the TV screen, and there's the channel of of Saka Rizvi. Mm. and then feeling yourself as the the watcher of the channel and Mm. then then maybe through feeling yourself as the watcher of the channel you might have the the option of switching (laughs) channels or at least noticing that it that you are watching a particular channel amongst many other possibilities yeah Uh, i wonder if you and i so i could notice that i'm watching the charles freely channel Mm -hmm. and is that watcher the same Mm. for for both of us the Mm. i'm wondering if that is a sort of pure experience of consciousness yeah yeah no that's interesting because
1: uh you know uh it's difficult to uh think about that because like if if i say that, that okay i am this single being who is who has access to both these channels, which is, you know, the channel of Charles and the channel of Sahib. Now I'm saying that I'm watching as this uh, being, which is God, I'm watching these two channels simultaneously right now. Mm. So as, as a, from a human mind, that, that is difficult to perceive because we cannot watch two channels at the same time. You know, we, mm. we watch one channel or we watch another channel. Mm. But What if, you know, this being is so you know if, if this being is a multitasker it can actually watch the two channels at the same time so maybe this being is also experiencing your life and my life at the same time huh. then we also have this concept of time you know uh, and uh, like in spiritual traditions they say that time is just an illusion time is just a concept uh, even not, not only in spiritual traditions you know even Albert Einstein said that uh, time is relative; it's just an illusion. So, this concept of time—that I am experiencing this life right now in this moment—and then after that, you know. So now you can notice the the sense of time that we have here. After this, I will have another lifetime. Now, my question is: What if, uh, what if, in this very moment right now, I am experiencing this life, and I'm also experiencing another life? You know, which which. <laughs> For me, it's another lifetime or another universe.
0: What do you think about that? That it's ultimately, so let me see if I'm hearing you correctly. If, if there is a notion of another lifetime, mm-hmm. that the experience of that really is ultimately happening at the same time, the same time yeah, as correctly. your experience of right now. Yeah, but because we have this as human beings, we have this concept of uh,
1: future, past, present. Mm-hmm. So we think that okay, uh, uh, in spiritual traditions, when they were the belief of you know of multiple lives and life after death and you know taking rebirth and reincarnation. So we have this concept that okay, I will first die, then I will you know be reborn as someone else after this. So because of this concept of time. So, my like, I'm just wondering here that what if I am experiencing that lifetime right now? Is still that this concept of time is, you know, for me, uh,
0: just a human thing? It's also participating in this experience. Yes, <laughs> mm. another life. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting. With that, there's a a saying that I like, which I don't know if this is something that I've thought of or if I heard somewhere, but I like this saying in my mind of, then was now and then will be now. Um, Because it really cannot be anything other Mm. than than now, Mm. but it's maybe so hard for us to conceive of something that is outside of the framework of linear time. Mm. But there's, it seems to me, just from an experiential, uh, experimental uh, observer basis, that it's impossible to have an experience that is not now. Mm. So then you've probably seen that that uh, image on the internet of a, the clock that's, that's ticking and each hour marker is now. Have you seen yes. that one? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's a nice representation of that. It's yeah, possible. Uh, now watches, you know, in which you oh, really? have
1: a watch. So I think there's a company. So they, they, you just put on a watch on your hand and it doesn't have time. Like it's written now. So mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. can watch,
0: it brings you to the present moment. <laughs> that's a great reminder. Uh, I have a tattoo on my wrist. That's something similar. Um, oh, wonderful. And it, I, I think it, you know, it's conceptual to a certain degree, but over time it's really lost any sort of meaning. Like if if someone asks me what it is, I I could give a description, but that's a really degraded form of what it actually is, which is just this kind of reminder of like, oh yeah, this is all happening right now. All Mm -hmm. of it, like my entire life is happening in this moment, which is, it can't be a sort of overwhelming notion Uh, Mm. to to really feel and experience that it's and it's maybe it sounds so obvious too because i I try to get that point across when i say it to Mm. to me it's it's like so kind of jarring that all like everything and all of even history is is happening right now in this moment like it's so immense Um, Yeah, and uh you know, that
1: makes me also question the idea of moments, you know, we, we, we believe that this is one particular moment
0: and then that is another moment, then that is another moment.
1: We are kind of dividing with our human mind these moments. What if everything is just a single moment, you know? What if we, because of this division, because of this idea that, okay, that was a different moment, this is a different moment. From due to this, we come up with this, this idea of past, present, future. What if everything was just
0: one moment? There is no division. Like the quote unquote present moment is turning it into something maybe that it isn't. Or to even call it the present is yeah. to take something that is living and turn it into a noun. Yeah, yeah. It, it also has a
1: like kind of a notion attached to it in which when you listen to this word present, then you start thinking, oh, okay, now I don't have to think about the past. Now I don't have to think about the future. I have to like bring my awareness attention here in this moment. Hmm. But then again, that is also uh, you know, a notion that we have that might not be uh, the exact experience of the present.
0: Hmm. So, uh, uh, Something that I've really a concept that I like, I guess it's not a concept, but it's a way of describing this that I've come across a few times is that even if we have thoughts about the future or thoughts about the past, they're mm. still very much so present experiences. Mm. Uh, me envisioning myself later on today, playing with my dog or having dinner is, yeah. is still very much so a present experience that I can only have now. Mm -hmm. and and me remembering uh a meeting that i had earlier or even maybe if they're critical thoughts like wishing i did something differently even those are still very much so present moment experiences the thoughts are totally brand new and the way i'm seeing it in my mind is is brand new and all of the things that are happening together at once are all still brand new so there's Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting to maybe think of there's you cannot escape the present moment at all in anything that you do. Like you are completely present at all times. You might think that you're not, but it's an impossibility to not be fully a hundred percent present in reality. Maybe. Yeah.
1: That's a very interesting
0: idea, actually. And I'm just, uh, you know,
1: trying to wrap my head around how, uh, how can that be? I think the only difference, uh, Why people call uh, this particular physical reality as the present moment is that it is more tangible. So our thoughts, when we are thinking, we uh, we uh, mm-hmm. I think what we we are not having a tangible experience in which we are touching things. You know, we are playing mm-hmm. around things or doing things. Uh, it's mm-hmm. more in 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 our heads like a dream. Uh, mm-hmm. However, uh, the present is more tangible. So I'm just wondering that. Why do we uh, call... So I think then the present moment is more about tangibility rather than, you know, the time. Uh-huh. If you are experiencing something really tangible, then you say that, oh, I'm present. But yeah. if it's not that tangible, then we don't call it uh, the present moment. You know, that's a, a interesting idea. Yeah,
0: it is really interesting. Like I can look at my hand and so that could be like, this feels really super present because I can see it and it's in front of me and I can experience it but if I'm becoming aware of a thought like what in the world even is a thought mm. it is so intangible like is it word based is it image based is it all these things happening mm. at the same time yeah. and, and this is me asking right now in this moment and I've thought about it before, but never quite in this way. I guess how bizarre the experience of thought is. Like, what what is this stuff? Because mm. it's something. It is tangible. It is. Uh, yeah, you
1: can make it so tangible. Like for someone whose imagination is very strong, you know, they can go into that imagination and they can uh, start experiencing those things. I don't know, maybe, you know, uh, you might be knowing it better because you come from that field. Someone, let's say, who has schizophrenia. I think the the experience for them is, is more real and it's very real like our ordinary experiences. So even our thoughts, we can choose the level of tangibility and, you know, how much we can experience that. So what if for someone, it is the true reality, you know, the thoughts the thoughts that they are having maybe they can fully experience it they can uh, have that tangibility and you know i have been uh, a daydreamer uh, throughout my life so i can vouch for that because uh, sometimes i would go into my imagination so deep that i will have such a vivid experience as if it was reality you know as if it was happening uh yeah it's, it's a totally interesting thought so you know if that is my experience if if i'm uh, having that tangible experience in my thoughts then do i also start calling that as the reality or the present moment mm-hmm. that is the question.
0: Hmm. what is uh, what is thought like for you right now it might be interesting for the person that is potentially listening here too hmm. to this to experiment with, like, what is it actually like? Does it, it's, is it like it exists in front of you in some way? Is it existing in some part of you? How do you experience it? It's a
1: very interesting question. It's a very interesting thing to you know experience. And like just now, I was uh, thinking about the previous moment when my my partner just passed by and she was waving at me. I think she wanted to say something, but I was focused here mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. And I was again repeating that experience in my mind uh, right now, and it was as if she was there. You know, it was as if she was mm-hmm. there. Just that. It's just that uh, that experience is no more external to me, you know. So, for example, right now you are external to me. Right now this table is external to me, you know. This room is external to me. But when I I was thinking about my, you know, partner just passing by, uh, I don't know if this comes from a conditioning. And we were talking about this in the previous sessions that I was more experiencing it in my head. I was feeling, okay, this is this, this picture that is going on in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. But then again, uh, if, I, if I start believing it as a real experience, you know, let's say I, I again uh, see that vision in my mind of my partner passing by. And if I start believing that it is real, maybe my experience will become more vivid, more mm-hmm.
0: tangible in that sense. Mm-hmm. How is it and how it, for you? it's and it's kind of fascinating too because by you sharing about that, then your partner also becomes part of my experience. And mm-hmm. of course I, I have my own imagination of what that scene looks like but very quickly there's a whole image and experience of yeah. that passing in front of me. Yeah yeah. Yeah
1: how, how is that experience for you like the thought? How do you experience it? And like right now, how did you experience it when, when you asked that question?
0: Mm-hmm. I just, I see a window in front of me and a person passing by with a sort of smirk and a wave as they go by. But the substance of that, it's so, I, I can't put it into words. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it flashes and it happens all at once uh that's something i think about in terms of communication too where so before i responded to you here Mm. i had i had all of this whatever it is that i'm attempting to share with you right now happen at once i this is the way i think of it anyways it all happened at once in an instantaneous millisecond flash Mm. and then now i'm attempting to take that and turn it into symbolic words to try to send it back to you as accurately as I can but Mm it it's all it all happened in one moment and then I'm sort of imagining for you it has already happened for you now and then you will like attempt to bounce it back and forth Mm -hmm. but there's something there that is so Intangible and maybe even beyond like thought, because it to me at least it all happens at once and it's constantly happening. Like I have this inexpressible meaning inside mm-hmm. of me that, like, this whole time it's like it's resonating back and forth with you in this like mm-hmm. automatic way. Mm-hmm. And then I'm attempting to maybe that's like it could you could see it as consciousness, and then and then I have some sort of receptor or or tuning in thing that can receive part of it and try to turn it into something and mm. share it back to you in the form of wavelengths that are, are my words. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty interesting actually.
1: And it, this also uh, makes me think of, uh, you know, how dreams, uh, become so real in experience mm. that we, okay. We are saying that this thought is not real, but when we are in a dream, uh, Things seem so tangible in a dream. You know, you can, you can touch things that like you do here. You can uh, have that. You can even experience physical damage to your body. You can experience that physical hurt. So like, <laughs> my question is, what if this that we are experiencing right now, maybe this is also some sort of a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some like, like a higher level of dream that we are experiencing right now. Because what we are doing is just by uh, uh, considering the tangibility of, of these all these objects, you know, because I'm able to touch my table, it's hard, I'm able to touch the surface, I'm able to touch the wall. Now, due to this tangibility, I am saying that this is the reality. But like if someone has a lucid dream, then that is reality for them. So what is it, you know, actually reality? Mm-hmm. Is it based on tangibility? Like this is the question that arises.
0: That mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sort of brings me back to the one of the themes and the title of the last one, which which came up with fear of enlightenment, mm. and that maybe uh, an ego self that that is the channel of Saka Brisvi is is pretty attached to the world being something that has tangible things and that you can touch and uh, that that's really kind of essential for their existence, if they are to be the one channel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if, if they were to open up to this other world, Mm -hmm. could be, maybe it's inherently sort of this really scary and even terrifying thing for for Socket brisby that is the only channel. But if 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 they switch into this other paradigm where they're just one of an infinite number of channels, then mm. there's no problem, and it's maybe it's maybe also really relieving and freeing for the channel of Socket brisby because there's no longer all this pressure to yeah. be a certain way or to do things a certain way because they're just one yeah. part of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, experience like this limited life and, you know, have all those responsibilities and all those things. Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting notion. Yeah, totally. I'm wondering how that experience will be. <laughs> yeah. How experiences. experience is.
0: What's, what's this exploration been like for you? This one's felt a little different for me from other ones. It's felt yeah. more, I don't know what the word is, but kind of nebulous more uh less centered huh. more kind of the word i have is like in space in in a way sort of like i don't yeah. know if it's felt that way for you yes uh, uh absolutely
1: uh i and uh i think this was very wonderful because till now i have been uh reading these concepts you know <laughs> people talking about like this uh, world just being a dream, paramansa Yogananda talking about how this is just kind of a virtual reality and a dream and uh, but till now I had I, I did not have the experience to discuss it with someone and experience it at the same time but this is a what's such a wonderful thing that has come up today is the question that what is actually real you know uh yeah. The th- even the thoughts because yeah, till now I was thinking about dreams you know that this world might be a dream and dreams might have also have a reality and vice versa and all those things uh but the this question of thoughts and that was a very interesting uh perspective uh, that you uh, you know contemplate that you introduced today like this idea of thoughts that even the thoughts can be reality you know it depends upon what we are calling reality right the In- Parameter on which we are defining reality, uh, then we talk about this tangibility. So maybe for someone who is and see, I it, it resonates with me because uh, I have experienced thoughts which are as real as this, you know, physical reality that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So it makes me question because if why don't I call that a reality then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's
0: a very interesting thing that has come up today. Mm. It is really interesting. This is such a fun and valuable thing for me, at least, to have you to explore with this mm. stuff because there's no rules of it. There's no, there's nothing that we're supposed to be talking about, and yeah. it's it's okay to explore a question of like of who am I or is a thought a real thing or all of these things that really maybe have no clear answers and to be in an interpersonal situation in which, you know, that at least I hope you, you are aware, and I don't feel this from you at all, that neither of us are trying to exert an opinion or have some preconceived notion of, of what the answers are, but we're really interpersonally exploring what these things are for us in the moment. Uh, That, that to me, maybe that's like an answer in and of itself to these questions just to be able to explore together is 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 kind of a really relieving thing in my mind because to explore it on your own is can be scary and isolating and maybe you think you're the only person wondering these things so maybe I shouldn't think about it too much like because then I blow up my whole sense of reality but to have someone else to to do it with makes it all okay because it's like no maybe no one knows what they're talking about and maybe no one knows what reality is but it's really fun I think to have another being to explore it with.
1: Yeah no this is uh, absolutely very valuable to me as well because till now I have been you know uh, so I would explore these thoughts in my uh, uh, in my own way in my own uh, like in my own time in solitude. And uh, like, I've been called a daydreamer since my childhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, you know, it's so uh, sometimes because you are thinking about certain things, but when you, you, you cannot communicate those things because the other person is on a totally different level of frequency. They are mm-hmm. totally different interests in life. So when you talk about these things, like this is just gibberish to them. You know, this uh-huh. is, doesn't make sense. But having someone... With, with who understands and who is vibrating at a similar frequency. And, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful experience. And then uh, it, it, is, it is a power of, you know, for, for me, I exploring myself, I might not come up with so many things, but when we are exploring it together, then it's like, a, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a cumulative effect. It's an exponential rise in the exploration.
0: Totally. Yeah. You have this whole universe and I can just put a seed of a thought without even knowing what it means, but I just have something that has occurred for me so I can put it into the the space between us. And then you'll take it in some way that I totally wasn't anticipating. But I trust that just by throwing something out there, something else will arise. And and I talked about this before, but I think that takes a certain amount of trust and vulnerability for both of us to be open to that yeah um, and, and i wonder i sort of have a hypothesis that maybe we're all daydreamers yeah. and we all have these thoughts because it's at the core of our basic existence that, that's at the, the fundamental part of who we are but maybe we haven't had enough experiences where it's okay to just openly explore these things with other people yeah and get us and, and it could maybe reveal someone's insecurity because they haven't explored it or haven't had a chance to explore it and well i what can I contribute to this? Um, mm-hmm. My hope, I guess, would be for for us to be, I mean, it's more than enough just as it is with you and me, uh, but to potentially influence that in one other person that might be listening to this, and then they might be open to someone in their life, and they can have that kind of conversation and come up with their own answers in only the way that they could. And then I just, uh, I think that's a kind of beautiful, hopeful idea that i have about this process
1: yeah and i think that someone that listener might you know having their own thoughts and would want to share you know uh, mm-hmm. we uh, we are not able to have them here you know in our conversation uh, physically in that sense but uh, somewhere they are involved in this conversation they are having their own thoughts about what we are talking about what is mm-hmm. their experience of now mm-hmm. and it's it's beautiful you know this this format of experiencing what is now, because so many new things come up. If we are just discussing our old ideas, then it's just the old ideas. You know, there is nothing Mm -hmm. new coming up. But if we just allow ourselves to be here in the moment and just be open, then like new things are born and there are so many new things. Mm -hmm. And uh, ironically, I was listening to, uh, you know, a video today uh, of Jiddu Krishnamurti. Mm. And he was talking about this notion of I don't know, saying I don't know, you know. So someone asks a question and, uh, you, uh, you know, usually a guru who is answering the question, they would instantly say that, okay, this is the answer, you know, this is what I know. This mm-hmm. is... Now what they are doing is they are just repeating the old memories they have. You know, they are just repeating that old knowledge that that is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are repeating the same things. Maybe they are even quoting someone else, uh, using someone else's ideas, or just keep keep saying the same things again and again. But he said that a true guru is someone who says, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. You know, because when you say, "I don't know," then just notice what happens. You know, what is your experience when you mm-hmm. say? so if you experience then this this experience of i don't know kind of brings you in the in the very present moment here mm-hmm. then you are giving up all your ideas you are giving up all your notions preconceived notions you are giving up your thoughts and you are giving up that knowledge that you hold mm-hmm. on to and you are coming to this very present moment okay i don't know so now i have the opportunity to know you know now i have the opportunity to Know something new today rather than repeating something old.
0: Yeah. That's there was a line that I read this morning and I took a note of it. It just reminded me of. Let me see if I can find it. It's from Epictetus. If you've heard of him from the realm of stoicism, it said mm-hmm. it is impossible for a person to begin to learn what they think they already know. Mm-hmm. Which is very much so the same thing. You're yeah. guaranteeing that you're not going to receive this present i'm not going to call it a moment but the present uh, (laughs) if you already have some idea about what it is or if you have some idea about what it is you're looking for then you're you're excluding so much of what it can be you're excluding so many of the channels Mm. by already having some notion of these are the channels i'm kind of interested in Mm. right so a guru there potentially being the one that says i don't know let's see Mm. Mm. And having, like, the confidence of uh, opening up to that. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, and usually we have so much judgment around people who say, I don't know.
0: (laughs) know? Right.
1: You're supposed to know. know. Yeah, you're supposed to know you are the expert. And then there is this awkwardness when someone says, I don't know. And, yeah, but but I think uh, this is beautiful to to not
0: know. Yeah. Well, what do you think of... uh, maybe using that as a shift into some sort of practice in in that realm
1: yeah sure let's do that okay let's do that hmm i think what we can explore today is uh, also the idea of uh, our thoughts that we can check that how can we uh, experience our thoughts fully you know hmm. how can we uh, if we can check uh, t- today that can we bring that reality to our thoughts? So we were discussing about this idea that thoughts are not real. You know, we have this notion, but let's see uh, in today's meditation, if we can make those thoughts as real as they can be, if we can have that tangible experience mm-hmm. of thoughts as well. Mm-hmm.
0: How
1: does that sound to you? Sounds awesome. Great. So, so let's do it. So now we will, end this session with a short meditation and I will be guiding you through this meditation so you can gradually get into your comfortable posture and close your eyes. and bring your awareness to your body. Relax your body. Relax your head, your neck, your shoulders. your arms and hands, your chest, your abdomen. Relax your back, your pelvis, your thighs, your knees, Relax your calves and your feet. Then gently you can bring your awareness to your breath. to the inflow and the outflow of the breath. You can let your awareness be at your nostrils if you want. Feeling the air passing through your nostrils. Now, think of your favorite place. Maybe it can be a holiday destination, something other than where you are physically right now. Maybe it is a mountain, maybe it is a beach, maybe it is a temple, a church, whatever that is. And just in your mind's eye visualize yourself in that place. See what you are doing. Look at your surroundings. See what you are wearing. Look in all directions. See if there is someone with you. Notice each and every detail of this place. Of this situation. Notice all the colors. Now imagine that you have a knob near your hand and you can rotate this knob and you can increase the brightness and color of this situation that you are visualizing. So go ahead and rotate this knob and make this situation more vivid, more realistic. as if you are there, experiencing that right now. And then notice the sounds in this situation. What are the sounds that you can listen to? Maybe it is the sound of the wind, of the water, of the ocean. Maybe sound of someone talking, birds chirping. Just listen to those sounds. And then feel the sense of touch that is there in this situation. You can maybe feel your feet on the ground. Maybe you can feel the wind on your skin. Maybe you can feel the touch of water of sand. Feel that sense of touch in your body right now. And with that, you can gradually come back to your body in this present moment, to this room, to your surroundings where you are sitting right now. And you can wiggle your toes, move your fingers. And gradually, in your own time, you can open your eyes and come out of the meditation.
0: That's interesting. I was... Coming out of that experience, it, I definitely felt as if I was in some place that's different than mm-hmm. now.
1: Mm. How was that? Uh, like, if if I ask you to uh, give a scale from one to ten, what was the tangibility of your experience in this thought?
0: Hmm. It shifted uh the the one way that it felt very tangible was on um the physical okay. level mm-hmm. and there was uh you know I, whenever i get into a certain state like a meditative state there's often an experience of my hands which is can tend to be really interesting in different ways sometimes it's as if they no longer exist sometimes it's as if there's just so much uh sensation it's almost it's almost like a pain but it's not it's this kind of cool uh but then in that one i was noticing it felt almost like someone was holding my hand uh Mm -hmm. like, like my hands were together like this in my lap but there was some sense of being in that space and being facilitated by you in this sort of particular location it was like someone was with me uh And my hand was being held by something that felt other from me. Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so I think uh, we can, I think we have that potential to make our thoughts as real as
0: this experience of life that we call real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing that. I always appreciate your ability to just shift into something and
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: in the moment guide mm-hmm. through something like that.
1: Um, my pleasure, my pleasure. It was uh, wonderful having this session with you today. And I really enjoyed it. There are so many things to contemplate on now. <laughs> you know, uh, I will do that with you in, in our future sessions and also with myself now because, yeah, it has given me food for thought.
0: <laughs> me too. sounds good I look forward to being with you next time
1: thank you for joining us in the what is now experience we hope that you liked the episode if there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation then you can share those ideas through your comments we would love to know stay tuned for the next episode Namasté.